0: had the the insight of my friend my teacher this week a lot on my mind because I feel that there's a value there's something that each and every one of us is susceptible to and I don't know about you but how I work and how we work as human beings is so fundamentally important to big visions when we think about world peace, when we think about global peace, when we think about policy, when we think about the state of our country, of our community, the state of anything it's very, very easy in a way did you guys see that good cover? That was a good cover Basia, that's great there, you got, he, he did the whole elbow yeah it's so easy to get lost in 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 pulled out into very big things when we think about issues that we have to tackle in our lives we have to think about things that are going on in our community things that are going on outside there's always something pulling us towards a big big issue The things that are screaming the loudest, the things that are most vocal, the things that we see in the newspapers, all of those things, they just pull us in a most remarkable way to think about bigger things. And sometimes it gets to the place for me where I think that the small thing is indulgent. I don't know if anybody feels that way. The small thing is indulgent. If I get stuck on the small thing, there's big things to tackle. Getting stuck on something simple is like, really? Really? big things huge issues complexity and something that that I sometimes am attuned to is the hierarchies that I create in my life about what is most important and what is most sacred what is most sacrosanct the place where where I, if pushed to shove, if three in the morning, if you were to ask me, what is the most sacred place, the sacred time, the sacred work, whatever it is that I am absolutely, fundamentally, this is my whole life, is about this, it's very easy, at least for me, I don't know if it is for you, to answer Sometimes in a way that is sometimes losing the trees for the forest. We lose the trees sometimes in the forest. And I know often we think of it in the other way. It's like, oh, we get caught on something small. We miss the big picture. We got to focus on the big picture. Get 30,000 feet up. And sometimes it's the exact opposite. Sometimes we get pulled into 30,000 feet, whatever that 30,000 foot perspective is, and it might usually be conflated with a big dream that we have or a big place that we're going to. And we lose the trees. And something... That my friend, as I keep alluding to, said to me this week about this reciprocity of welcoming not only guests for the first time, but welcoming one another. But have you thinking about welcoming guests? Have you thinking about where in our tradition do we talk about what's known as Hachnasat <laughs> Urchim? Welcoming the guest. And is there something in the most famous teaching about about welcoming guests that might be instructive for me and you in our moment-to-moment, in our small quotidian. Here it is. It's just right here. It's this little bush, this little tree. And come out of the big one, the big forest, and cake. Hey, right here. And certainly, anybody that knows this week's Torah portion, if you've ever heard of Parshat Vayera, the beginning of maybe the most famous Torah portion in the Torah, The one, of course, that has at the end of it, after five chapters of unbelievably beautiful narrative, like really, some of the stuff that you'd like to spend a year on, the Torah will end tomorrow morning's Torah reading with chapter 22, which is all about a man who gets lost in a big vision and is willing to sacrifice one of his children for it. That parsha, tomorrow morning, will begin not in that dramatic moment, but in something that one would easily elide over and that I've spoken about here in the shul a couple of times before, but I want to return to it. It's the moment that the parsha begins with. And I'm going to read the verses to you and then we're going to see how the rabbis interpret it and then you'll see where I'm going. And God appears to Abram in chapter 18 of the book of Genesis in the terebinth, in the trees of Mamre. Name of a person. kind of has a land. He has trees. And Abram is Yoshev. He's sitting at the entrance of the tent. And it is hot. Everybody got that image? Yeah, you you're there? It's hot, right? And he's at the entrance of the tent. Something about that the Torah wants us to know that's where he's situated. And presumably Avram, Abram speaks now to God and says, Lord or God, my master, if I have found favor in your eyes, please, alna, please don't, Taavor. Do not do not pass me by. Now, the simple meaning of these verses is that as Abraham is sitting at the entrance of the tent, there are three angels who come to greet Avram. And Avram says to them, please don't keep going. Stop here for a bit. Let me take care of all of you. That's a pretty nice guy, right? You kachna me'atmayim, have some water. Sa'adu really, you know, hang out for a little bit. Like, you know, log on. There's free Wi-Fi. There's like a little a, assortment of little noshes over there. We don't know what you're into, but there's, there's a little hummus, but we know maybe not, but maybe a knish. Who knows? You never know. al Nata tavor Please don't pass us by. But the rabbis here in a very playful and prayful misreading of this verse. Say that God is the one to whom Abraham says, please don't pass by. Greater is the welcoming of the stranger than even the conversation with the divine being. As it says, please God, hang out for a bit. I'll be right back. Rabbi Yehuda said in the name of Rav, these two grandbabies say, Look, this is a protocol. This is the protocol for trees and the forest that they are within. God says, It's okay if you put me on hold while you go take care of me in human form. It's okay if you put me on hold, if you go and take care during that pause. This recording, right? This conversation is being recorded for quality assurance purposes. I will wait here while you go and do the work that I have given you to do. The simplest reading of this is, of course, about religiosity, of course, not losing the sense of the horizontal relation between humans for the sake of the vertical, and certainly that is an important read. For many of us, our spiritual practices can sometimes take the place of or themselves be used as a cudgel against interacting with other humans. Get out of my way. I'm on the way to my neo-hasidism course. (laughs) I'm sorry. You ruined my prayer service when you arrived. Or you don't belong here in this prayer space. This place of the infinite can't hold the finitude of your ethnicity, your own identity. We can't. Our vertical relationship with God demands of us that we actually put you on hold while we speak to God. But the way that we might read this also is is how often the things in our lives that are most fundamental, the things in our lives that are most sacred to us, often take a back seat and are put on hold while we do all of the other things that we call the holy work. And in doing that, we lose... We lose so many opportunities to meet God in all of her different faces. In the moments or the sacred or the vital, or the dynamic. And this isn't to guilt any one of you or me. It isn't to say that, oh, looking back on all the times that I put off, all of the things that are so important to me, for the sake of all the things I said were important to me, that that thought should give you pain. It's Shabbat. I don't want to cause anybody any more anguish than you already came in with tonight. But if the sacred is instructive of how we are to live our lives most productively, and by productively here, I don't mean a bottom line, but productively meaning most effectively and skillfully for the sake of our own and others' evolution as humans, then Avram, this great character now telling God, hey, hold on a second. I got some people knocking on the door. That becomes the paradigm of our lives, not just spiritually, but of our day-to-day living. I'll tell you something. I grew up in a home with a very, very ambitious father. Those who who know my father, my dad was a very ambitious man. And his ambition rubbed off on me. I was a very ambitious young man, and I'm still a pretty ambitious older man. But one one of the sentiments that my brother and I talk about, and my sisters and I talk about, we all talk about how my father made it clear to us, no matter what he was doing, no matter how important the business deal that he was involved in or the closing was, that we were to call him and tell the people there, "I am available." Anything could be an interruption, because he would say to the people who were there, who were supporting us and supporting our family and supporting, him, "Say, you know what? I love you. Can you hold on a minute? David's on the call." can you hold on a minute what the great German theologian Paul Tillich called our ultimate concern has presented itself our ultimate concern is here knocking on the door the air we began with tonight I am asleep and my beloved knocks on the door and usually we think oh that's God it is God in the phone call to the person who's sick. God in the stopping for a moment to make eye contact with the one whom you love. God in the presence of an employee that you are managing, that you take a moment to connect with the deep humanity. God in this beautiful Bloomingdale Park that just opened up and had its ribbon cutting this past this one o'clock today. God, in the form of all of the beautiful children there, it's the most accessible park in the city. And when you walk by and you hear the children playing and see the work that went in, can you imagine that those workers who worked for a year with their hands and with their sweat and built it were not dovening, were not praying with every brick and with every screw and with every moment that it wasn't holy, holy, holy. The whole earth is full of your glory. Tomorrow morning's reading is a terrible reading in some respects. In many ways, if it's read simply, it's a story of a man named Avram who is willing to give up everything, including his loved beloved son, for the sake of his absolute fealty to a God who would demand such craziness. But it doesn't begin there. It begins with a simpler story. With an Abraham who at the time was sick, convalescing, and nonetheless said, God, please hold on a minute. There's something important. I don't want to lose the trees because I am looking at the forest. I don't want to lose the trees because I am stuck on the forest. And sometimes. That one moment changes everything for us and all of those around us. That one moment where we say, Ah! Hi! Welcome, stranger. Welcome, guest. Welcome, Shekhinah, Divine Presence. Welcome. I'm so happy to see you. How can I serve? This is the kind of ethos, this is the kind of training that community is built upon. This community, no different than the church in St. Michael's or West End Presbyterian or Bene Gesserin or any sacred gathering, each and every one of us is called upon to put at the center of this community, not only how we turn to face the ark, but how we turn to face one another and whether we do. There are so many things that become problematic in a community as it grows. Intimacy into me you see becomes into me you don't see. I don't see you, you don't see me. That's our happy family. But if each and every person would take upon themselves privately and then publicly to say, that I put at the center of my commitment to Romamu or to whatever sangha you belong to, whatever community you belong to, I put at the center of this spiritual community how it is that we turn to face one another. And not just the ones whom we know. Not just the ones whom we're comfortable with, the ones whom we say, oh, this person's my people. But how we turn to ask names and faces and who we are, and that is greater than facing this, says the tradition. That's cool. That's hard. Man, I'm still working on it. Anybody else? But I want, want, want to live in a community like that. I want to be like that. elav Adonai There's someone in us that sits waiting, 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 enjoying, and then reaches out. I bless each and every one of you that Avram and the quality that this archetype of this story is meant to elicit from us is something that we work on daily, weekly, annually. That's a charge, and I think we're up to it. Thank you, Avram. Thank you, tradition. Thank you for the gift and the reminder. May we live up to it and into it. Amen.